Thank you for joining us for the True Life Fellowship Church podcast. Here is today's message from Pastor Devon Alexander. Open your Bibles to Mark chapter 4 and uh, meet me at verse 35, Mark chapter 4, verse 35. We have been talking about faith over the last several weeks and we're going to continue to talk about faith in this session and all of June is my plan Uh, to continue to talk about faith because during this time, during this season, it is imperative that we know how to walk by faith, that we understand how to please God, that we know what to believe and how to respond to what we believe. And so uh, I'm going to talk about this passage today, and I want you to know that I'm going to talk to those of you that have had encounters with Jesus experiences with Jesus. I mean, how many of you, you know who you are, have walked with Jesus at least five years, 10 years, you know, 15 years, whatever the case may be. I want to talk to you today. Those of you that have walked with Jesus, talked with Jesus, want to share something the Lord shared with me. We'll pick up at verse 35. On the same day when evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Now, when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat And as he was, and other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already feeling. But when he was in the stern, but he was in the stern asleep on the pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But he said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? In looking at this passage of scripture, I'm reminded of the importance of hearing a word from God. It is very important when we're talking about walking by faith in hearing from God. Faith, uh, uh, you know, what is Romans 10, 17? Faith says it comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So essentially, faith is going to come when you hear the word of God. Faith is going to come when you meditate in the word of God. Faith is going to come when you listen to the preach word of God. Faith will come when you read the word of God. Faith will always come when the preaching, teaching, meditating, or reading of the word of God is in manifestation. Faith will always come. It always does come. Faith uh, is like the word of God is like fuel to your faith. The word of God is like nourishment to your faith. When you are in a place where things are not working out, there is trouble, things are going on in your body, things are going on in your relationships, things are going on in your marriage, you have to hear the word of God because the word of God will provide with it the faith necessary in order to produce the results that the word of God says that we can have. In 1 John chapter 5, verse 4, literally tells us faith is the victory that overcomes the world. Faith is the victory that allows us to be declared successful 
and victorious and to supersede all of the challenges, all of the obstacles, all of the things that we can go through here on the earth. It takes faith. Faith is the currency of the kingdom of God. And if we want to access the invisible realm, if we want to access the realm that has the promises of God, it's going to take faith to pull those promises from God into the natural realm. You don't get it by hoping. You don't get it by praying. You get it by faith in God. Somebody say faith in God. Mark eleven twenty two tells us have faith in God. Uh, this is the answer to all of the problems that you are having. Have faith in God. Matter of fact, let's release our faith and say, I have, I have. Faith, in faith in God. We understand that faith is believing and speaking. We understand that faith is corresponding action to what we say that we believe. And today I want to talk to you about faith is uh, resting in the word of God. Faith is trusting in the word of God. And in this story, we find that Jesus has been preaching all day long. He's been talking about some very weighty things in regards to the parable of the sower. And he does an explanation of the parable of the sower. He gets into the parable of the seed and the purpose behind parables. And he's spending all day long preaching the word of God. And we pick up in verse 35. He tells his disciples after an all day ministry, he says to them, let's go over to the other side. It was getting dark. I would have wanted him to say, let's go get a hotel. I'm tired. Let's rate. Why are we trying to go somewhere else? Jesus, you've been at it all day. The multitudes, the crowds of here. But he says, no, no, no. Let's go to the other side. Now, Jesus's words are not loosey-goosey. When you hear Jesus talk, you're, you're hearing the word of God come forth from his mouth. So when he says, let's cross over to the other side, this is a promise from God. This is an announcement that something is about to happen. This is where we can place our faith and our trust directly into what Jesus literally said. Let's go over to the other side. In Luke 137, somewhere around there, it says every word of God is not devoid of power, meaning every word of God has the power of God within it to accomplish its desired result. So the word of God, this, this Bible and, and the rhema, God's word behind the Bible is what we are to place our faith in. Uh, it's what God is saying. When he's speaking, he's declaring his will. We don't have to guess what the will of God is necessarily. We can find the will of God in the word of God because the word of God declares, describes the will of God for our life. And so these disciples have been working with Jesus all day long. Jesus doesn't want to stay the night in that city. He says, let's cross over to the other side. So we hear from the word of God and we hear the will of God. In that statement, the word of God and the will of God takes place. So they put Jesus in the boat and they prepare to cross over the other side. There were other little boats with them as well. And as soon as they get out on that boat and, and, and go to their destination, a big windstorm occurs. Now, ain't that like the devil? 
I mean, you, you come into church today, you hear a great word from God. Hallelujah, that was great. And the worship was great. And the word was great. And, oh, I received those words that were spoken. You go outside and there's a flat tire. How many of you that has ever happened? It's happened to me before. I mean, it's like I've, I've just had an encounter with the Lord and got a word from God. And, and now all of a sudden my car won't start or now all of a sudden my kids are jumping on me or I get a bad re- a text when I get out of church. And there's a bad report from a text message. I mean, God's word has been spoken, but the enemy comes immediately to steal the word. It's not, it's not about you. It's about the word that was sown in your heart. He's after that word. And so this windstorm, this hurricane, violent hurricane comes. And now these guys, these disciples are fishermen. They're used to uh, being on the boat. They're used to storms. But this storm must have been massive because not only is the wind blowing the boat, it's affecting the waves. And the waves are acting crazy and they're roaring around vehemently and the water is getting in the boat. Now, I don't know about you, but many of you know that I, me and water, we don't really get along. I don't know how to swim and I don't want anyone to come up to me and tell me or teach me how to swim. Please don't tell me. Pastor, I can teach you. I don't want to know how to swim, Okay. I'm perfectly fine. No, I kid you not. I'm actually taking swimming lessons in July. Glory to God. Yes. 43 years old. I'm going to take some swim lessons. Glory to God. And I told, I told my wife, I need a female instructor because if I had a man instructor, he and I might fight. Put your head in the water. I don't want to put my head in the water. Don't tell me what to do, okay? You put your head in the water. But if I had a female, I'd be a little more calm, you know, okay, when you ask, I'll do that. So... I got, I need, I got very, I need to be the only one in the class too. I don't need other people in the class, just me, because it might take me a little time to do what they're asking. So if there's water going in the boat, you can already tell pastor's already nervous, okay? I see water in the boat. There's this big old hurricane occurring, came out of nowhere. There's evidence that this boat is going under. Now, don't forget, Jesus said in verse 35, let's cross over to the other side. But now there's evidence that what Jesus said is not working. There's evidence that Jesus spoke is not actually going to happen. And the greatest fear of all, the greatest fear of all is that God's word won't come to pass in your life. That's the greatest fear of all, that God said, I'll never leave you. And you get in a situation that you feel like God's no longer with you. That's the greatest fear of all. You get in a situation financially. God said, I'm going to supply your need and your bank account gets to zero. And the greatest fear of all is you're going to be homeless, broke, busting, disgusted, living on the corner somewhere. How many, who am I talking to in here today? The greatest fear of all is that God is not going to fulfill his word. It's the greatest fear. God said he'll do it and it doesn't look like he's going to do it. And so these disciples have been with Jesus all day long, and they're trying to get water out the boat, but Jesus is asleep on the boat. He's in the back of the boat asleep. There's a hurricane occurring. Everything is happening all around, and Jesus is asleep. Why is he asleep? Because he's got a word from God. We are going to cross over to the other side. Well, he's asleep. The disciples wake him up. Now, notice the wind didn't wake him up. 
Notice the hurricane didn't wake him up. Notice the water in the boat didn't wake him up. The disciples woke him up. And we'll find out later that Jesus was more agitated at the, at the disciples waking him up than he was the hurricane itself. Jesus was more agitated at the res emotional response of the disciples than he was the storm itself. And why was he upset at them for waking him up? Listen to you. I'm going to tell you why. Here was their response, their reaction to the water in the boat. They run to Jesus and they say, do you not care that we are perishing? Now, they literally are saying one of two things. We care more than you. And how many people feel like they care more than God? Things are happening in this earth. And God doesn't seem to care. I care more than God. It's like, it's like when we, we support people uh, financially that are helping women make great decisions where they don't have to have abortions. They can choose to have life. And we support these ministries that do that. But if you ever go to this place, there are a group of people that will try to kill you. Oh, you've never been there. But, so I have to describe it. You go to an abortion clinic and there are these so-called Christians that will literally try to physically stop you from going to see the abortionist. Like, and they will, there have been fights and, and arrests and blood because they care more than God cares about those babies. They'll commit a crime because they care more than God. How often in your own personal life, God says, I got that. I'm going to take care of that. And you, you worried, staying up all night, stressing, trying to go get your fifth job to pay the bills, trying to do whatever you can to get it taken care of because you care more than God. We just heard in our offering lessons, if you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all the things you need will be added to you. But in that moment, you feel like we are drowning. So either one, the disciples responded with, we care more than God, or two, the disciples did not have a revelation of how much God cares about them. So their reaction was, you don't care about us. That's why you back there sleep. What an indictment to declare to God Almighty that you don't care about me. And we do this, you and I, unintentionally do this pretty often where God doesn't, God doesn't care about me. I just don't feel like he loves me and I, I don't feel like he, he wants to be a part of my, of my life and I, don't, I just don't feel like He's going to really take care of me or I don't feel like he has a plan and I, I, I don't feel like that my kids love me and I, I don't, I just, I just, I'm caught up in my feelings. And we literally are saying, God doesn't care about us. So their reaction, now listen, their reaction and their response determined their level of faith. People can tell you all day long, 
I have faith in God, but all you need to do is look at their reactions and their responses. And that'll tell you everything you need to know. Oh, I believe God. I trust God. But look at their reactions and their responses. Uh, in, in church, we like to call it their fruit. Look at their fruit and you will determine, not judging. I mean, the fruit is there for you to see. It's either an apple or it's an orange. And the fruit would determine, do you have faith in God? Now, what's interesting is Jesus, when he got up, remember, the, the storm didn't wake him up. The disciples woke him up with this whole, do you not care? Instead of them waking up saying, Jesus, what should we do? Jesus, how can we stop this? Jesus, I know you said we're going to get to the other side, but can you remind me? Instead, they, they, they indicted him with, you don't care. You don't care. This is important. Jesus gets up. He speaks to the wind. Glory to God. He speaks to the unseen realm. The wind is unseen. There are spiritual forces in the realm that you cannot see. He begins to talk to the unseen realm first. He looks into the unseen realm and he says, peace, be still. And then the wind stopped blowing, which was causing the waves to stop roaring. Because he spoke to the condition that you couldn't see first. Ooh, this is so important. Instead of always spanking your child for something that they didn't done, look, take a step back and say, what is causing them to think that way? Instead of getting mad at your boss about what's acting crazy, take a step back and say, what is causing him to do that? Many of you know, I, I feel like I need to tell the story again. And when I was working in corporate America, this one particular guy was really getting on my nerves. He said something about me and I just hopped up. I was ready to fight. And, and if you know me, I'm, I'm not a fight. I'm a lover. I'm not a fight. I just hopped up on my seat. I said, let's go. Let's go. Me and you, you didn't say one too many. I got in my posture. I was like, let's go. Let's go. And a, a guy come running and grabbed me because I was headed to the elevator because I said, let's go to the parking lot. No need to get ruffled up the desk here. We're going to go to the parking lot. This guy, he comes and he grabs me. Jamie Ficino, I'll never forget Jamie. Saved my job that day, literally. Grabs me. He said, don't do nothing stupid. I was like, what are you talking about? I'm this me and this dude, it's, it's, it's go time. I mean, he just said, he crossed the line with that. It's time to go. He said, don't do nothing stupid. He goes, he goes they will fire you. He said, I'm not letting you get on that elevator and I'm not letting that happen to you. I go to church that Sunday. I'm glad he stopped me. I go to church that Sunday. I told this story to a guy in church that, um, that there was a friend in the church I went to. And he said, man, stop looking at that guy as your agitation, as your enemy, and look in the unseen realm. What is causing him to agitate you and address that? Man, that's what I needed to hear. I started addressing the unseen realm. Like, you devil that's on him trying to get me to lose my six-figure paying job. Come on, somebody. Uh, you got to go in the name of Jesus. I command you to stop, cease to exist in my life. Move on in Jesus' name. I started addressing that devil 
Fine. You know, that man got in trouble for that ordeal I just explained. He actually got written up and got in trouble. They came to me and apologized for his action. And the, the big boss, uh, I won't say his name, but he, he came to me and met, met me in his office. He said, listen, you're not here to make friends. You're here to make money. And I, that, that was, that's what I need to hear, too. He said, he said, everybody here ain't got to be your friend. You're here to make money. You're not here to make friends. Don't let, he said, and don't let no other man stop you from making money. Man, I needed to hear that because I, I needed to calm down. And well, you know, he and I, he, whatever happened to him, happened to him. Well, uh, when, when I address the unseen realm, and many of us are ignoring the unseen realm, many people don't know how to address the unseen realm. When you see activity that's continuous, you address the unseen realm. You command peace to be still. Yeah, now I'm all for spankings. You know, I'm all for discipline. I, I'm all for consequences. But let's not ignore the unseen realm. What's happening in the realm that we can't see? And the word of God can address those things occurring in that realm. Oh, you got to get what I'm saying to you this morning. The word of God will address those things because it's, the, it's not those things in the unseen realm. You, you can't take carnal weapons. It has to be eternal weapons like the word of God, the blood of Jesus. Faith in God will address those things and eventually they'll cease to exist and stop. And that's what Jesus did. He didn't address the water in the boat. He didn't go grab a bucket and try to get the water out the boat. Come on, let's get this water out this boat. Come on, all, all hands on deck. Come on, let's get this water. No, he addressed the unseen realm that first that was causing the water to get into the boat. And when that stopped, everything else stopped. He said, peace, be still. And everything was calm. But then in verse 40, and put that on the screen if you don't mind, verse 40, very, very powerful statement, question, I should say, that Jesus asked his disciples. It says, but he said to them, but he said to them, he said it to them, not to everybody, to them, his disciples, not to the other people in the other boats, to them. The disciples that are with him. He says, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Oh, this is a powerful, powerful question. I wrote this down. It's, and I said, after all Jesus has done in you and for you, how is it that you have no faith. This is the question he's asking his disciples. These guys were with him all day long preaching. These guys have been with him preaching, seeing manifestations of the miraculous taking place. These guys have seen the words of Jesus come to pass. And now in a moment of contradiction to his word, just one moment, yes, I'd agree. That was a scary moment. Very scary. But in that moment, they, they, they responded with no faith. They responded with fear. 
in that moment, they responded as if they had never had an encounter with Jesus. They responded as if Jesus wasn't even on the boat, like the story's going to end and we all died on the lake and the Son of God was in the boat too. No, it's not going to end that way. Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. I'm reminded in Matthew, was it chapter 16, Jesus asked his disciples, what are people saying about me? And they say, well, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah or one of the prophets. And then Jesus turns to them and says, what do you say about me? Oh, it don't matter what everybody else is saying. What do you say? And Simon says, you are what? The Christ, the son of the living God. So he had a revelation of who Jesus is. And Jesus is saying to his disciples here in the boat, of all the people that should be afraid, why are you so fearful? Why do you, I'm talking about people that have experiences with me. Why do you, no, no, not Billy Bob and Johnny and Ray Ray, you, no, no, not your grandma and and, and Uncle Bob, you. so fearful. Why do you have no faith? When I was reading that and studying that, that impacted me so very much because there are things that happen in our life. And sometimes we respond like everybody else responds. I'm talking to those of you that have got a relationship with Jesus in here. I'm talking to those that have had encounters, experiences. You, you know who Jesus is, and something happens, and we act like we don't even know who Jesus is. And Jesus is asking you, why do you have no faith? This is a, this is a question that I've been asking myself. This is a question that you need to ask yourself. Why is it that during this circumstance, situation, event, why is it that I have no faith? I was on the airplane. Zavin and I went to Colorado and uh, this past week, and it was just a really good trip. Zavin and I, we had, a, we had a great time. It was the first time he and I departed town together on an airplane and uh, I was really, really excited. I went out there to visit a friend. His church was having a dedication service. And in his church, well, you can pause. I still got a few more minutes there, man. You can pause there for a second. But his church, he had a dedication service there. And his church was uh, just, it was it just, the, just seeing it from going from the bottom up, you know, it was, I mean, it was just a raggedy building. They had renovated and it just looked really good and they were dedicating it unto the Lord. And it was really exciting to see. And, and, you know, if you have a need, so a see, we need a new building. Praise the Lord. We are believing God for a new building. I want you to put that in your prayers, man. Thank you, Lord, for our new building. God is revealing it to us. And I believe it's coming sooner than later. And it's going to have plenty of parking for all of us. Amen. Beautiful building, classrooms, nice sanctuary. It's going to be a platform that's going to reach the world. Glory be to God. Well, we sowed some seed. Praise God, because if you have a need, sow a seed. And if you, you like my, I need like-minded harvest from that. Praise God. Amen. So we put the seed in the ground there and sowed the seed. And you guys did, not, not I. We did. We put a seed in the ground. Well, 
I went out there and Zavin and I were having such a good time uh, in Colorado. I had told him the first time on the plane, I had said to him, now when you fly into Denver, it might be a little rocky. How many of you have ever flown into Denver? Or, okay, a couple of you. Uh, I've, I've flown countless times in my life. And, but flying into Denver is one of the rockiest trips, I mean, that you can have. And I had, I had told Zayman, hey, it's going to be a little rocky in Denver, but everything's going to be okay. And so we, we flew into Denver. Everything was fine, and we had a good time. I got to tell you this story. We went, we rented a car, and, and there was this rental car that Atasha was so great to, to secure the car for us. And we go, and, and me and this guy show up at the same car. And this guy was like, well, this is my car. And I'm looking, well, it's my car. Well, he started cussing. I said, well, man, just take the car. My goodness, it's not that big of a deal, right? Take the car, I'll go back inside. I go back inside, and um, they end up giving us a Ford Expedition 2021. Same price, just Zavin and I rolling in this big old car. And he sat all the way in the back, and we was riding high. I said, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And so... We're going, we're in Colorado, good time, great fellowship, great fun. Man, things happen there that place the mark of my life that'll never be erased. But on the way back, we jump on the plane, and they said there's some weather issues going on there, and we have to wait on the runway. And Sam's like, how long are we going to be on the runway? I'm like, brother, I don't know, but I'm, I'm, ready, to, I'm ready to get up in the air. You know, let's get home. And, and I got a word from God that it's time to go home. You know, I knew God wanted me to come home. And my wife said, amen. amen. And so I knew it was time to come home. And so we're going to get on this plane and we get ready and we take off. And we finally, we get up in the air and this plane is rocking. I mean, it is rocking. It's, uh, it's doing all this. It's, it's just rocking. I'm just looking out the window. Right? I'm, I'm looking like, okay, and it's going and it's going. And I turned and I looked at my buddy. I looked at Zavin, and he said, Daddy, I'm scared. And I said, oh, and I grabbed him, and I just held him. I just held him as we were. I said, buddy, we're going up. We got to get through these clouds. We got to get through this weather. We're going. And that plane's doing all this, and it's, it's doing all this, and I'm holding him. I'm holding him tight. I got him like this. It's going to be good, buddy. It's going to be good. We get there. And we, and we go through. We get through the clouds, and finally... We, we break through all of that, that nonsense. And so as we're going, he, you know, I let him go, and he's like, I'm not scared anymore. I said, good. And I said, listen. And the Lord spoke to me as I, was, as I was holding him. The Lord spoke to me and said, that's the right response he had. Daddy, I'm scared. Instead of, Daddy, the pilot doesn't care about us. Daddy, God doesn't care about us. Daddy, we're going to die. He didn't say that. He just said, Daddy, I'm scared. You know, it's okay to be scared. I'm scared. I hold him. And as I'm holding him, the Lord's talking to me. He says, what can you do about this situation? Nothing. I, I, I'm not the pilot. I can't grab a hold of that airplane. I'm, I'm, I don't even know how to fly the plane, by the way. I'm not, I, I, can't, I can't stop the plane from shaking. I can't, I can't stop him from being scared. All I can do is hold him and I can remind him that we're going home. 
I said, buddy, we're going home. I don't care how this plane is rocking. We're going home. I got a word from God. We're going home. And I said, buddy, we're going home. We're going home. We're going home, buddy. And that plane is doing all that. I said, we're going home. We're going home. And the Lord spoke to me. And he said to me, why were you so calm during that? Well, one, I've, I've got experience. I've got experience flying. I've got experience flying into Denver. Do you know that you have prior experience? I mean, this is why scriptures always tell us to remember. That word remember means to put back in your mind the things that God's done for you. When you're going through something rocky, just take time to remember. you got experience. You've been here before. It may not be an airplane, but it's something that you've been through before that God has saved you from, that he's delivered you from, that he's brought you out of, that you can literally say, I remember when that happened and he saved me. He's going to save me again. I had experience. Zavin didn't, he doesn't have that experience. That's okay. He will get it. He just went through an experience. Now he has experience. I had experience. And so one, the Lord said, why were you not scared? I said, well, well, because he, and that's when he rolled down, you're not the pilot, right? You can't do anything about the shaking. You can't control. Why are you not scared? And, and, I, and I said, one, experience. Two, I've got a word from God. Oh, if you got a word from God. You can get through anything. If you got a word from God, you can go through the valley of the shadow of death and fear no evil. If you got a word from God, I don't care if it's rocking over here or it's raining over there, you know that God can get you through it. If you got a word from God, a thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not Come near me. I'm talking about those that are confident in a word from God. You got a word from God, you hold on to that word from God. I wasn't scared because the Lord said you need to go home on that Sunday. I, I mean, we were, listen, we were doing our itinerary. I wasn't trying to figure out when I was going to go home. We need to get home that Sunday. I, I believe the Lord told me to come that Sunday. I believe that was the time he told me to come. Well, that plane's got to get me to the house. Are you listening to me? It's the same way in your life. If you got a word from God, he's saying, step out and trust me. And I want you to go ahead and take that new job. You got a word from God. I know it might be rocky, but I'm going to take that new job. If the Lord's telling you to step out and I want this is what I want you to do. I want you to go ahead and go to the doctor about that issue that you're having in your life. Well, God told me to go to the doctor and I'm going to check it out and see what that doctor says about that issue. Amen. You got a word from God. And so if we want to have faith in God, faith comes by only having a word from God. No word, no faith. And this is why we're tossed to and fro. We're, we're floating around, and, and this happens. Oh, CNN says this. Oh, my gosh. And Fox News said, oh, and they're gonna, we're going to lay off folks. Oh, my gosh. I got a word from God. I'm going to be all right. Jesus came to give me life and life more abundantly. 
whether Biden's in office or Tukeshu is in office, it don't matter to me one bit because God's going to take care of me. There's a greater kingdom that I'm a part of. God is my father. This is not my source. I've got a word from God. Get you a word from God and stand on that word from God. Jesus told them, we are going to the other side. All H-E-L-L broke loose. But they made it to the other side. They got to the other side. They had to go through some things to get there. I know you want to be peaches and cream and whipped cream and ice cream and lollipops and eat your Doritos on the way there and kick your legs up and everything just be smooth. You may gain 10 pounds before you get there. No, 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 no. Now, you might go through something to get there, but you're going to learn more about yourself that you didn't know. And you're going to learn more about God that you didn't know. And you're going to get a little more fight. You're going to get a little more fire and a little more passion. You're going to get a little more boldness. Now Zavin tells me, I want to get back on the plane. Where else can we fly, Daddy? That blessed my heart for him to say that. Because he went through a terrible experience there. He said, I want to get back on the plane. Because he's got experience. And Daddy had a word from God. We're going home. We're going home, buddy. I know, I know. We're going home. We're going home, man. We are going home. Amen. And we made it to the house. Because God will never leave us nor forsake us. One word from God can change your life forever. One word from God. One word from God. Now you can play Matt. One word from God. One word can literally be the anchor of your soul. When when bad news is just flooding our minds and our and trying to get inside of our hearts one word can keep you grounded can keep you grounded financially speaking oh you got this bill and that bill and this unexpected bill but one word from God years ago I, I told the, the Garris family actually we were doing a healing line up here and the Lord I'm not a healing line, I'm sorry we were praying over people and the Lord had a word for them And the word was, don't be afraid to let your bank account go to zero. And they were like, Pastor, it's it's almost at zero right now. I'm like, but God's saying, don't be afraid. You know how often we fear money leaving the bank account? Sometimes when I'm doing the bills, my wife, I didn't even know what I was doing. She said, why are you biting your nails? I'm doing all there. I'm like, oh, she said, I noticed you bite your nails when you do the bills. I was like, oh, I didn't even notice I did that. Thank God for a godly woman. And I was like, oh, what, what am I nervous about? God, this is God's. God told me to do this. In regards to the church, this is God's bill. When we get a, a high bill one year, we had a $600 light bill. I didn't come to y'all and ask to pay for it. Oh, yeah, I don't know why that bill was that high either. I didn't come to ask why to pay for it. I said, Jesus, you got mail. Now, I did call Duke Energy and let them know, hey, something going on with that light bill. Go and get that fixed. But you got, you got mail. He took care of it. Amen. Well, you you got to get to a place, and you guys are there where you, you, you've had experiences with Jesus. You, you've been here before. I've, I've been through that before. And then you got to almost get to this place. Follow me. You got to get to this place where it's not about me. 
Mm, can you get there? Well, it's just not about me. Well, it looks like you ain't, you, you know, oh, you're embarrassed. I told people I was going to get that job, but I didn't get that job. I'm so embarrassed. Well, it's not about me. Why, why be embarrassed? No, they didn't give it to me. I'm going to keep it moving. Amen. Hallelujah. When you get to this place, it's not about me. So that takes a lot of pressure off when you know, because we like to put this best image up. You know, look at me. I, 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 I do everything right and I'm the best and no, nothing ever happens to me. No, no, we can't relate to that. It's not about me. And I got a word from God. God's going to take care of me. Church, if we're going to walk by faith, it's going to require that we respond to the word of God. It's going to require that we rest like Jesus was resting in the word that we have from God. Don't get bent out of shape, but you rest. And rest doesn't mean inactivity. Rest means cease from your labors. Cease from grinding and trying so hard to make it happen. And say, I trust God. He gave me a word. And I trust God that he is going to honor what he said that he would do. This is a word from God. Amen. A word from God. Get you a word from God. And, and don't, don't be silly. Well, I believe all of the word. No, get you, get you a verse, one. Start with one verse. I believe that verse. And I'm going to act like that verse is true in my life. My wife and I, Psalms, during this whole pandemic, and I'll wrap it up with this, our whole family, our verse, our verse is, thousand may come fall on our side, 10,000 right hands, not going to come near us. That was our verse, so we acted like that verse was true. Now, did we do anything stupid? No, but we acted as if that was true in our life. And we did what God said do. Now, I'm not going on no cruise anytime soon. I'll let y'all do that. Because that boat, I need that boat, you know, because, you know, Pookie and Ray Ray might be doing something dumb and they don't bring that boat back. I need that boat to come back, praise the Lord. I'm not going on no cruise no time soon, although I like cruises. Uh, I'm not until, you know, Pookie and Ray Ray can get their act right. <laughs> Amen. But I am going to the beach this summer, praise the Lord. Amen. Get you a word from God. Get you a word from God and then act like that word's true. Be fully convinced in that word. And in the middle of a storm, you will just simply You have been listening to the ministry of Devon Alexander, pastor of True Life Fellowship Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. For more information, go to our website at www.truelifefc.org. You can also support this ministry financially through our website. Thank you, and remember to love, learn, live, and lead.